Hey, it's Payne. I want to share a message from our sponsor, Spot Pet Insurance. Sometimes unexpected vet bills can hit hard when we least expect them. And if life throws you a curveball and your beloved pet needs urgent medical attention, the vet bills can start piling up. Enter Spot Pet Insurance, the ally you never knew you needed. Spot Pet Insurance plans can offer up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, providing a safety net when the unexpected occurs. Life can be unpredictable, and so are the needs of our furry companions. Spot Pet Insurance understands that. With Spot, you can focus on the things that matter, knowing that your pet has coverage to help protect your wallet from those unexpected vet bills. Spot Pet Insurance plans don't just offer coverage for unexpected accidents and illnesses. You can add their preventative care benefit to your plan, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can all be covered too. It's a shield against the unexpected. If you have a pet, consider Spot Pet Insurance, because having the right resources at the right time can make all the difference. Just go to spotpet.com. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample dash policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. GBI agent Jason Shadell, one hour, nine minutes into his interview with Bo Dukes on February 21st, 2017. And I cannot agree with him more. 
Everybody who comes in contact with this case cannot leave unaffected. This case has consumed Ms. Grinstead's family. This case has consumed the lives of every suspect and their families throughout the years. This case has consumed the lives of the accused. This case has consumed the community, and it has surely affected each and every one of you. You have heard things and seen things over the last four days that are simply tragic. Things that when you have left this courtroom, you have not been able to get out of your head. These are the types of things you would want to talk to a counselor about, but you can't even talk to each other about them yet because of the oath that you took. These are things that will likely be in your memory long after your duty as a juror in this case is over. This story is a decade in the making. October marks 13 years since Tara's disappearance. Duke's capture came just a few miles from where he's accused of helping a high school buddy dump and burn the body of beauty queen Tara Grinstead in 2005. Dukes was out on bond on that case. Testimony is underway for the man accused of covering up the murder of a Georgia teacher. Bo Dukes is one of the men accused in Tara Grinstead's death. And today we heard from family members and a man who went to basic training with Dukes. Yeah, Justin, that soldier testified that he reported to police multiple times that Dukes told him that he was involved in hiding the body of Tara Grinstead. The judge seated a jury in the trial tied to a murder of a Georgia teacher. Investigators say Tara Grinstead's murder happened in Irwin County. The trial is taking place north in Wilcox County against the man accused of helping clean up and cover up this murder in 2005. On March 18, 2019, Bo Dukes went to trial in Wilcox County, Georgia, for charges related to the death of Tara Grinstead. We've asked Philip Holloway to guide us through his trial. So he stood trial for two counts of making a false statement to the GBI about his role in connection with her death. He was also charged with concealing a death, and the last count of the indictment was hindering the apprehension of a criminal. The maximum penalty he was facing for all of those charges was 25 years in prison, and not surprisingly, that's what he got. One thing that struck me as odd about this particular case is how they managed to get this trial done in one week's time. If you go back and look at it, you can see it all on YouTube. It's out there. They picked a jury in like half a day. This county is just like one county over, and everybody in the area is familiar with the case. And the jury had a verdict before the day was out on Friday. Now, the legal system has been a long and a winding road for Bo Dukes. It has led him to this trial, and before him is a brick wall. That brick wall is reasonable doubt, and you can only convict him if each of those bricks, each of those doubts are knocked down by the state, and you are satisfied that they have proven to you beyond a reasonable doubt he is guilty of the offenses that have been alleged. Let me explain to you why the state cannot tear that wall down. Counts one and two in this indictment charge that Mr. Bo Dukes knowingly and willfully covered up Ryan Dukes' confession of murder by denying to the GBI 
that he discussed, Mr. Dukes discussed, Tara Faye Grinstead with John McCullough during that 2016 interview. Count two alleges that he knowingly and willfully covered up that he assisted Ryan Duke in destroying Ms. Grinstead's body by denying that he discussed burning the body with John McCullough. Now, the state has presented to you 20-some-odd witnesses, over 90 exhibits, but you don't need to look but at a handful in order to find the answers and to find that there is a reasonable doubt as to these two charges. It took me several days to sort of decipher what I thought the defense strategy might be. The defense seemed to be hanging its hat on semantics. They wanted the jury to think about exactly what words were said. I think part of the defense was that if Bo made these statements to his army buddy and then lied about it to the GBI, that it wasn't really a lie because it's, they were trying to say that he was intoxicated when he made those statements to the army buddy to the point maybe that he didn't remember it. So when he was questioned by the GBI later, the idea was that if he said it didn't happen, it is because he didn't remember that it happened. I think that was at least part of the defense. Uh, now, uh, Mr. McCulloch, I want to direct your attention to a person by the name of Bo Dukes. Do you know a person by the name of Bo Dukes? Yes, sir. And how do you know a person by the name of Bo Dukes? Uh, I was actually at Fort, uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma, at uh, Charlie 119, in which I attended basic training there and uh, began in November of uh, 2006. All right. And when you were there at Fort Sill, Oklahoma for basic training, uh, is that when you met Bo Dukes? Yes, sir. All right. And the person you know is Bo Dukes, is he in the courtroom? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, can you tell me what he's wearing, please, sir? Uh, yes, sir. He's wearing a jacket with a tie with a comb-over little hairdo. Now, how long how long does basic training last? Uh, it's normally nine weeks, but because of how it fell whenever we attended, it was actually a two-week Christmas exodus break in between, so totaling about 11 weeks. And when you talk about a Christmas break, what did you do for that Christmas break in November of 2006? Uh, well, I first initially had planned to go home to see my family because I'm pretty close with my family and stuff like that, but... You know, he had mentioned something about, hey, man, you know, it'd be cool. You can come back to Georgia, you know, and we can hang out and stuff like that if you really don't have too much going on uh, in Texas. And I was like, oh, man, you know, I've never been to Georgia. So I was like, okay, that's cool. I'd go, you know. And tell me um, how you spent the weekend. Well, you know, just obviously we're, we're on break, you know, we're in the military, so it's very strict. You know, you can't drink alcohol. You can't, you know, actually do anything quote unquote fun. <laughs> you know, we hung out and stuff like that. All right. Tell me how it was that these statements came up. Well, it was, you know, pretty late at night and, um, you know, he had been drinking and uh, also used some substances uh, in the sense of cocaine. And I was driving, which I'm very adamant about, you know, not drinking and driving and, you know, doing stuff like that. And I didn't want him to drive, even though it was his mom's car. It was a little black uh, three series BMW. We had stopped because he had needed to drink, stopped at a convenience store, parked in the parking lot. And uh, when I actually went in alone, got some drinks, came back outside. And, you know, we're so we're sitting there and he, you know, seemed like something was bothering him, possibly. Uh, and he just, you know, started to come out and say, hey, you know, you're my battle, right? You're, you're my battle buddy, right? And I was like, yeah, man. You what know. Is, when you say battle buddy, what, what did you understand that to mean? Well, whenever it was explained to us, whenever, you know, any 
I guess, wartime situation or battle situation that you always have that buddy with you so you know you're not alone, so somebody can always watch your back. You know, when he referred to you as his battle buddy, what, what did he tell you? He, well, he had just asked if I was his battle, and I said, yeah, and he was like, well, man, he was like, you know, I need to tell you something, and that's whenever I was pretty much shocked to, to the extreme, and it, it messed with me pretty good. And what was it that shocked you? Uh, the fact of I had made comments previous uh, in the day to whenever we were riding through town because, you know, I've never been to Georgia, so we rode around uh, Osceola, Rochelle, Fitzgerald, you know, just, oh, man, yeah, you know, look at this, you know, and basically taking me around and showing me around town. I had mentioned something about seeing a, a billboard, and it had a really, really pretty lady that was on it, and I was like, man, that's crazy, you know, what, what's going on with that, you know, and that was, like I said, the previous conversation we had. But he had brought it up and said, do you remember that billboard that you had seen? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I know what happened. And then I was like, kind of shocked with that and was like, what? Did he tell you what happened? Uh, to an extent, yes, sir. Okay. And tell me what he told you. He had started to say, um, like I said, I know what happened. Uh, I was there. And he had said that my friend had came to me and he said that his friend had showed up and said, man, I fucked up. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, he continued to tell me that he had, you know, messed up and uh, he needed his help. He needed his truck. His friend needed Bo's help. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. And he had said that um, he had needed his help um, because he said that, you know, like I had mentioned that he had fucked up. And whenever he continued to explain of the situation, you know, I, I wanted to stop in, in disbelief because it's, you know, it's it's a severe thing, man. You know, for somebody to be able to do, you know, do stuff like that. But he had said that he had technically killed Tara to him. Um, the friend had said that. Yes, that he had beat her and uh, accidentally strangled her and killed her, and he didn't know what to do. So he needed his truck to be able to move her body. And did Bo Dukes tell you if he loaned his truck to his friend? He said um, that he had went with his friend and used the truck, which was the white Ford F-150. He had said that they had went and recovered the body and they continued to take it to the middle of uh, his grandpa's or the Hudson Pecan Orchard. Uh, and the exact location didn't tell me, but had made the comment of, you know, we took her to the middle of the pecan orchard and burned her body. And if I can roll back a little bit, whenever I was in basic training, he had made the comment, which now it made sense of the sense of, hey man, it takes more than 1200 degrees to burn human bones. How many times have you made that statement to you? Uh, two that I recall previous. Um, when he said that they burned her body in the pecan orchard, who did, was this with Bo Dukes and his buddy? Yes, sir. Did he tell you anything else about that? Uh, just the sense that they burned her body and let it burn as long as they could, and whenever they were satisfied, they buried the rest. And did he tell you how they, they buried the rest? Uh, no, sir. Did you ever go to uh, the pecan orchard while you were here? Uh, I never actually got out and walked around the pecan orchard, but we did drive past a section. I'm not exactly sure. Um, what little town it was, but he was like, do you see all that over there? Um, that's part of the pecan orchard. How did you react to what your, your battle buddy had, had told you? 
Uh, it messed me up pretty good. What do you mean it messed you up? Um, it was just tough to deal with that. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. I'm going to Mexico City, and it's going to be an awesome vacation, all thanks to Viator. If you're looking to book your next trip, Viator is your one-stop shop. They've done all the research for you, from classes and workshops, food and drinks, outdoor activities, sightseeing, cruises, tours, museums. Everything you want to do on a vacation is all right here at your fingertips by using Viator. Viator is the solution you need to ensure you plan the perfect trip and overall travel experience. Viator is a tool you can use to plan and book travel experiences all around the world. The Viator app and website make it easy to explore 300,000 plus travel experiences so you can discover what's out there, no matter where you're traveling or what you're interested in. Viator can help you plan better travel experiences. 300,000 plus travel experiences to choose from means that you can plan something everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Enjoy real traveler reviews to get insider information from people who've already been there on the same experiences you're choosing. And if plans changed, there's free cancellation. Plus, Viator offers 24-7 customer service, so you know that you'll get the support you need at any hour if things aren't going as planned. So download the Viator app now and use the code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find the perfect travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I think that anytime you've got a case that says high profile is all of these cases are everything connected to her death is extremely high profile. I was really surprised that his lawyer did not file a motion for change of venue. I think it may have been a matter of strategy because he seemed to hit that head on. He would remind jurors that they're going to hear about a whole bunch of stuff about a murder, but he would also remind them that Bo is going to be tried and he's being prosecuted in another county for that. It obviously was not successful if that was the strategy because he was convicted. One night after a night of drinking, after a night of drug use, at two, maybe three in the morning, Mr. McCullough tells you 
that Mr. Dukes makes statements to him about having burned a body, having made statements about Tara Faye Grinstead. But according to John McCullough, when this is happening, Mr. Dukes is slurring his words. John McCullough describes him as all out of it. In fact, he tells you that Dukes was drunk and wasted the entire time they were on Exodus here in Osceola. Can you introduce yourself to the jury? I'm Brooke Sheridan. Do you know the defendant in this case? Yes. How do you know him? Um, He is my boyfriend. Um, And now when you say he's your boyfriend, can you identify your boyfriend for us? Point him out, please. Right there. And um, what's his name? Bo Dukes. Mr. Rigby is going to give you the state's closing argument. He gets last word. It's kind of like an argument with a spouse. It's the problem with being a defense lawyer. The other person always gets the last word. But listen to him. Listen to the state's case. Go back through, look at the testimony of their 20 witnesses, look at their 90 exhibits. When you do so, you will see that they have not proven the four charges in this indictment beyond a reasonable doubt, and it will be your duty to acquit. You must understand that discharging that duty is not a free pass. Bo Dukes will stand trial in Osceola for the three charges the state has brought against him for the destruction of Tara Faye Grinstead's body. But that is a question for a different jury in a different county in a different trial. I found out on January 10th, 2017. When you say you found out on January 10th, 2017, what did you find out on January 10th, 2017? That um, he had helped dispose of her body. So what occurs on January 10th of 2017 that you learn that your boyfriend, in fact, had helped dispose of her body? Um, I'm not, I don't recall the exact events that led up to it, but I do know that he had had a severe panic attack, um, and he, you know, after I got him calm, he, um, I told him that he needed to tell me what was going on, and he proceeded to tell me what had happened. Okay. What did he tell you? He told me about his, that his roommate had gone into her home, had strangled her, and that he had put her body on, or he had taken his truck and put her body on um, Hudson property in Fitzgerald, and that he helped to destroy the body. Okay, so I want to be kind of clear because you, you said the word he a couple of times. Who was it that you were told killed and strangled Tara Grinstead? Ryan Duke. Who was it that you were told actually put her body on Hudson Property Farms? Ryan Duke. Who was it that you were told helped burn the body? Bo Dukes. Okay. Um, and when we say helped burn the body, was there more than one person other than Mr. Bo Dukes was anyone else involved with burning Tara Grinstead's body? Ryan Duke. Did Bo Dukes tell you whether or not he was ever inside Tara Grinstead's home? He told me that he was never in her home. Did Bo Dukes tell you why it was his roommate, that being Ryan Duke, had killed Tara Grinstead? No. Now, I want to go back to the details of the day that Ms. Grinstead is murdered. Did Bo Dukes tell you how he first learned that Ryan had killed Yes. Tell us about that. Um, He said that the following 
sun, that Sunday morning um, or early afternoon that Ryan had come home and he had woken Bo up and Ryan said, woke him up and I guess kind of startled Bo and said, I killed Tara Grinstead. Did he know what time of morning it was on Sunday when that occurred? Um, early afternoon, <coughs> maybe lunchtime. Um, when he says, I killed or I strangled Tara Grinstead, what was Bo's response? He thought that he was kidding. Did he tell you why he thought his friend would be kidding about killing someone? No. Um, I know that they had been drinking the night before, but he didn't really say why he thought he was kidding. When is the next time that they had a conversation about Ms. Grinstead, they being Ryan and Bay? Wednesday, the following Wednesday. And how does that conversation occur? Um, they were at the house, and Ryan and Bo, I guess, had asked Ryan about it. And um, Ryan said, you know, I need to show you something. And then they took Bo's truck out to the orchard. Now, when you say that Bo asked Ryan about it, why was Bo now asking Ryan about something he thought was a joke? Because the, that Monday, Stephen Duke, Duke had come home and said that Tara had been reported missing. And it was at that point that Bo told Stephen that your brother told me that he had killed her. Did Bo, in fact, go with Ryan to the orchard that day? Yes. And when you say the orchard, what do you mean by that? Fitzgerald Farms. So Bo says that he goes out with Ryan to the orchard. What does he find when he gets there? Um, he said that he had Tara's body was laying there tell the jury about that? Yes. Um, he said that she was laying on her back, um, that she had, there was discoloration, um, the, just, the discoloration of the body where, I guess, uh, liver mortis had set in, where the okay. blood had held to the bottom. There was also um, blue, like bluish marks around her neck, strangulation marks. Um, and he, one thing I do particularly remember is he talked about ants. There was a lot of ants. Did he tell you if he did anything after seeing her laying there naked and dead? Um, he was in shock and he was... What did he and Ryan do after that? Um, they, they moved her body um, to another area, um, down a path into a wooded area. Okay. They went to a woodshed that had pecan wood and they brought the wood back and uh, to burn the body. Did they tell you how many days it took to burn the body? Two. Did they tell you whether or not after they burned her for those two days, there was anything left of her? He didn't think that there was anything left from what he had said. When they told you this, um, had he been drinking? Yes. What was his level of intoxication at that time? Moderate. Warmer, sunnier days are coming. And you can fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for the summer. Thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. 
So no matter how busy you are, you always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. So make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, and keep the kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready to go in two minutes, so no shopping, no prepping, no cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Head to factormeals.com UAV50 and use the code UAV50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code UAV50 at factormeals.com UAV50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. We have two dogs in our home. Aria is a two-year-old puppy who definitely needs help with her portions. And Nala is a 10-year-old dog who is living a great life and we wanna keep feeding her well so she can hang in there with us for a lot longer. The farmer's dog makes it easy to keep them healthy, which can give you more quality years with them. The farmer's dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. It's recommended by vets, nutritionally balanced and made from human-grade ingredients in safe, clean kitchens. It's the best option for dogs at all life stages. It doesn't matter if your dog is young or old. It's always the right time to begin investing in their health, helping you live more healthy, happy, and full years together. You can get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash vanished. Let the farmer's dog know we sent you. Use our code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. As they burned her body, they buried the truth with her. They buried the truth about what happened to this beautiful young lady as they buried her body in the straw with household trash, dirt. That's where they left her. They buried the truth with her. I'll just say it. Poor Bo. He has panic attacks and anxiety attacks because he helped destroy somebody's body. Poor Bo. This was not a case about Tara's murder. This case is about Bo Dukes and Bo Dukes' lies and his hindering and his concealment. But as, as we went through, as Mr. Fox went through the charges with you, we had to tell you about how she was murdered because that's part of the proof in this case. We don't have to prove to you, but we had to prove you about the malice murder. Hindering apprehension of a felon. This is, of course, why we have to prove to you malice murder and that he was killed by Ryan Alexander Duke. Malice murder does not have to, to be planned out. It doesn't have to be premeditated in the state of Georgia. It can be formed in an instant. That's what the law in the state of Georgia is. 
and jumping on somebody and strangling them in their bed while they're asleep absolutely is malice murder. We learned so much in this case. They managed to get all of this evidence in about the state versus Ryan Duke, but it all came out in the case of the state versus Bo Dukes. He was accused of lying about a murder, so they had to prove that some murder occurred. They also had to prove that, you know, he lied to the GBI essentially about what they believe Ryan's role in Tara's death was. So we got a pretty good preview of all of the state's case that we think they're going to have against Ryan. Now, in Ryan's trial, they will be more in-depth, to be sure, but we learned a lot about what the state thinks happened in her death. One of the lingering questions that's been out there, it's been discussed a lot, uh, not only in the podcast, but in the media and social media. The big question is whether or not any remains were ever recovered. And while it's true that no DNA testing has been done on any of the bone fragments that we now know were recovered, circumstantially, they did prove that Tara's remains were found. Because after all, they found what they know to be some human bone fragments there. They could not definitively prove it was her through DNA, but you had two people, Bo Dukes and Ryan Duke, telling them that in this general area, this is where we burned her body. I think everybody's on the same page that these two guys acting together destroyed her body in that location. Who else would be there if it's not her? So circumstantially, they proved that Tara's remains have been found. It takes 1,200 degrees to burn human bones. It took 1,200 degrees to burn the bones of Tara Faker instead. It's hard to look at, I understand. But pecan wood burns really hot because what we know is it burned the bones of Tara Faye a cheerleading coach, a high school teacher, a winning personality with a, with a beautiful smile. And what did Bo Dukes and Ryan Alexander Duke do to this beautiful lady? They set her on fire. They left her with a tooth. A tooth that won pageants. The smile on billboards. The smile on missing persons posters. They reduced to bits of skull, vertebra, and teeth. Bo Dukes seems to be a one-man multi-jurisdictional crime spree. He's got federal charges. Of course, he's convicted and he's got for whatever it's worth, a pending probation revocation. But look, this 25-year sentence that he just got is going to more than consume any time he's got left on federal probation. So as a practical matter, you know, right now he's serving at least 25 years. I'm thankful for this opportunity to address the court. To the Terry family, I'm truly sorry. Your long suffering has been unimaginable. My actions were cowardly, callous, and cruel. I was more interested in self-pity and self-preservation than doing the right thing for Tara and for you. I pray for your forgiveness. 
I apologize to those who were cast under a cloud of suspicion for so long. Reputations with their friends and family destroyed. I can never undo that damage, and I sincerely apologize. To the local communities, I'm sorry for the years of uncertainty, of suspicion, and mistrust placed even on the law enforcement community by my actions. I apologize to my own family, to my mother, to Brooke Sheridan, to her family. My actions and failures I'm responsible for alone. I failed Tara Grinstead. I failed her family. I failed the local community. And I hope these proceedings have given some closure to the many people hurt by my actions. And I want each of you to know that I am truly remorseful. Thank you. When I watched the sentencing in this case, I can tell you the judge just looked disgusted. He absolutely looked like this is probably the the most horrible human being I've ever had to sentence. That was my takeaway. I've seen a lot of sentencing in my life. I've seen people go to prison for a long time. I've seen judges reluctantly pass sentence. I've seen judges reluctantly send people to prison. This judge was not reluctant. He had no qualms whatsoever about sending him to prison for as long as he possibly could. Up and Vanished is an investigative podcast produced for Tenderfoot TV by Payne Lindsay, Mike Rooney, Christina Dana, and me, Meredith Stedman. Executive producers Payne Lindsay and Donald Albright. Additional production by Resonate Recordings, as well as Mason Lindsay. Voiceover by Rob Ricotta. Our intern is Hallie Bedal. Original score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Our theme song is Ophelia, performed by Ezra Rose. Our cover art is by Trevor Eiler. Web and social design by Station 16. Special thanks to the team at Cadence 13. You can visit us on social media via at Up and Vanished, or you can visit our website, upandvanished.com, where you can join in on our discussion board. If you're enjoying Up and Vanished, please spread the word and tell a friend, family member, or coworker about it. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>